Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 164, which we are recording on Monday, April 16th, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we do want to let you know that, yes, there was a slight delay in getting this episode out to you. Some of you may remember that I've talked about my mom who has been sick. She was diagnosed with cancer at the end of December and she passed away last week and we were unable to record an episode of course and it's very sad it's very sad the world lost a great crafter last week (laughs) yeah so you'll hear about my mom in future episodes I'm sure she was a great crafter so you have some (laughs) stories to share don't you yes we will so what are you wearing? I am wearing my Free Your Fade shawl by Andrea Mowry. This is the smaller of the two Andrea Mowry faded shawls. And I'm really enjoying the larger size of this one, actually. It is 820 yards, to be exact. <laughs> and this morning, it has been raining a little bit and windy a little bit hailing a little bit lots of little bits because even just a little while ago there was some sun for a little bit (laughs) it's been a weird weather day for santa cruz and now it is showering again and i had to rush out and get my laundry off the line (laughs) (laughs) because i rushed out to hang it up when we had just a little bit of sun but for your fade it's large enough for me to wrap it multiple times around my neck or wear it kind of draped over my shoulders as I'm wearing it now over my sweatshirt, keeping me warm. How about you, Gail? What are you wearing? I am wearing my newest finished object, which is my Shell Seeker pullover by the designer Heidi Kiermeyer. And I finished this, I think, right before the last episode, but hadn't blocked it yet. And I love this sweater. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. We had our knockers retreat last weekend, and it was a big hit up the retreat. It is a top-down sweater designed to be knit in two color stripes, and I instead did color blocking, so I have dark gray at the top, and then light gray and green stripes, and then the dark gray again at the bottom, and I really like that effect with the sweater. I'm very pleased with my modifications. And I did also make it a little more A-line because the sweater, as written, has no shaping. So I did that modification as well, and it's a great sweater. I highly recommend the pattern. I knit it instead of worsted, as is called for in the pattern. I knit it with a DK weight yarn, Woolmise DK, and I love this base. I'm very happy with how the sweater turned out. So that is Shell Seeker by Heidi Kiermeyer. So what are you stocking? I'm stocking a few things. You had mentioned the Woolmise DK that you have and just knit your Shell Seeker. I have three skeins myself, one dark gray, one light gray, and one pink that Gail and I both were given a while ago. And so mine has been sitting in my stash. And if I don't knit the same sweater Gail made, which I may still do, I might knit a blanket out of it because three skeins of that yarn together is, it's a lot of yardage, yeah, as like I recall. Yeah, yards almost, yeah. So I had thought, well, maybe I'd knit a blanket out of mine. And the blanket that I had been looking at is called the Op Art Blanket 
by Melissa Dominguez, which is a pattern from 10 years ago in Nitty Fall 2008. 10 years ago. I know. I've, I've stopped that pattern many times. <laughs> I over have the years. too. And it's a really popular pattern on Ravelry. There are 3,100 projects that have been made from this pattern. It is a pattern with an optical illusion knit into the patterning so that the center of this kind of swirly shape looks like it's either receding or is farther away than the outside <laughs> yeah, of the swirly shape. It's <laughs> like lost in space effects yes. from long ago when they yes. spin the thing. That's exactly <laughs> it. I was trying to think of what kind of graphic, because it's almost like a little spiral or a swirl, except it really isn't because they're concentric rings. But just the way that the increases are... It's Twilight Zone. Didn't they do that in Twilight Zone? Maybe they did. Maybe they did. spinning thing. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Perhaps. But the way the concentric rings and the increases are shaped and placed make it look like it's a receding or increasing center. Escher-esque. Yes. Yes, so I have the three skeins, so one idea is that I could either knit a shell seeker like Gale or a blanket. We'll see. Haven't decided yet. The second thing I am stocking is the Fading Point Shawl by Hohi Locatelli, which is a huge, huge, <laughs> huge 2,000-yard shawl slash blanket, and it's really a shawl. That's the way that the pattern is sold as a shawl. But for me, it might just be a blanket. Coming in at 2,000 yards, mm, I might use it yeah. as a blanket on my couch. It's gorgeous, though. It's fingering weight, and it uses five skeins. And she, the designer, Hohe, she tells you which color to use or which, co which color number to assign your darkest color so that you can make it sort of a gradated effect, if you will, if you want. And there are already 300, over 300 projects. And because Hohe has several people test knit her patterns, there are a lot of finished projects already. So there are some that are very contrasty. There are some that are very low contrasty. There are speckles. There are same color gradients. There are different color gradients. It's one of those patterns that's just going to be super fun to look at the finished objects, whether you want to knit this pattern or not. Yep. Yesterday we were about to leave the retreat and the committee, we meet for a debrief meeting at the end and everybody was ready to head into the inner room for this meeting. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I have to buy this pattern before it goes <laughs> off sale. So I've already purchased the pattern and started looking at yarn for it. So even at the retreat that did not have a marketplace, Gail still found yep. a way to buy patterns. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. So this huge rectangular shawl is constructed from the ends towards the center and you meet in the center possibly with your lightest color 
And the colors that Hohe used in her sample very much appealed to me. So that might be part of the reason why I really like it too. I think it's just a very cool design as well. And then the third thing that I am stocking is a pattern that we saw at the retreat on Saturday night. We have a little event called What Are You Wearing? where folks can bring garments, sweaters, shawls, whatever they want to share, really, that they've made so that other knitters can see the garment in person and try it on if, if that's appropriate. And the one that I saw that I really liked is a pattern called Ujo by Onkastrecht. And this pattern is, it calls it a dress on the pattern category on Ravelry. But to me, it's more of a tunic because everybody that's wearing it is wearing it with pants. I think I saw one project that was being worn with a skirt. But what I'm saying is nobody's wearing it bare-legged. Everybody's got a bottom on. <laughs> so it's more of a tunic, really, than a dress. And it is knit from the top down with short sleeves it looks like it's got looks like it's a self neck meaning it looks like it's just a little roll collar and there's a little ribbing design on the edge of the pockets and then a little ribbing design on the back of the garment too it looks like on the lower back is where the little ribbing is so that it doesn't flare out in the back and it's got fun pockets that are at the bottom. And it, it looks like a very basic tunic. It looks like a tunic that you often see that's made in linen, for example, that people wear with pants or leggings, except it's a knit tunic. I really like it. And the other thing is that there are a lot of people that have made this design in Coast. Fabulous. Yeah which ha -ha, I just <laughs> happen to have. This is the Coast yarn Boo that is here. Gail and I both use quite a bit. The, let's see, there's actually five projects that have been made in Coast. And I have enough purple Coast to make this one. So we'll see, that might be in my future. The pattern is from... Let's see, the designer's Ankestrict. It's from the Len Magazine issue two back in May of 2017. So about a year old. And Martha knit this one. And I really liked it. Hers, it's, hers it's was super cute. super cute on her. So I'm hoping it will be equally cute on me. Well, if it I make it. You, you tried it on, it looked <laughs> fabulous on you. Okay. That's good to know because yeah. I don't, this is a new kind of style, not, not tunic. I have tunics, but I think it's a little bit more tunicky than other tunic, more tunicky, I say. <laughs> more so like a woven fabric tunic than something I have made in the past, which to my eyes looks more like a sweater tunic. Yeah, this one looks more that. like a fabric, a, a woven fabric garment. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to try something new. 
So those are the three things I am stocking. How about you, Gail? What are you stocking? I'm stocking a couple things. The first is a sweater called Felicitas, which is by Lisa Haynes. And she is probably most well known for her shawl designs. And I've always loved her aesthetic. She does a lot of high contrast color blocking and striping and slip stitch and things like that in her shawls. And although I love them, I've never knit one for some reason. And I think this is her first sweater design. I remember Scully Bun Bun test knit it and I just loved it then. But last week I was able to see a work in progress version. Our friend Marina, who works at the Swiss Stitch in Santa Cruz, pulled hers out to show me and I just gasped. It was so pretty. It has, it's basically a not boxy, but kind of um, positive ease in the same drop shoulder style that a lot of Elizabeth's Doherty sweaters are made, which is a obviously a style Charlene and I both love. And this one is two colors. It ha- it starts as a single color, it's fingering weight. And then it goes into this really cool color work that is kind of arrows across the upper part of your chest. And then it goes into a two color stripe down, I'd say a little about hip bone maybe. And then it goes into a really pretty lace work section in one color with a twisted rib bind off cuff at the bottom, really pretty. And then the sleeves are solid if you choose to do them that way. I think they'd look really pretty striped as well. And it's just a gorgeous sweater. And hers was done in a speckled yarn with a purple, highly contrasting solid or tonal color. And it just was so pretty. So that one is, I got home and immediately put it in my queue and started looking at yarn for it. It's a really pretty unique sweater. It just takes a lot of new twists on a style I already like to wear. Mm-hmm. So I really agree. like that it's one. It's got a lot of different elements. Exactly. Yeah. It, Marina said, you never get bored. As soon as you're <laughs> bored, there's something else that happens. I could see that. Gotta yeah. love that. And the second sweater I'm stocking is also a result of the what are you wearing part of Knockers on Saturday night. One of our awesome listeners and friends, Deborah, who is Goldie Girl on Ravelry, she was knitting this sweater at Knockers 2017 and she brought it to wear and offer others to try it on this year. And it's the Rain sweater, R-E-I-N-E, by the designer Alexis Winslow. It was from a Wool People edition and it is a beautiful timeless cardigan with some really nice design elements. It was designed in loft, which is the Brooklyn tweed fingering. It's a very lofty fingering weight yarn. It has a nice deep V-neck and all along the collar and button band is a beautiful cable pattern. It's a narrow cable that goes all the way around. And it has some really cool side pockets that are built into the sweater in a nice way. So it's right where your hands would naturally want to go. And there are some other nice design features in it as well, along with it's a structured sweater. So I know it's going to hold its shape well, which I Mm -hmm. am really appreciating. So I've actually owned that pattern for many years (laughs) and it kind of fell off my radar. And now it's right back on my radar. Yeah, nice. Deborah knit hers in a knit spot yarn, which is a yarn offered by the designer Ann Hansen. And it looked rustic, but when I touched it, it was so soft. And I don't remember what the fiber content is, but she said that Anne Hansen actually recommended that she block it in hot, hot water, like as hot as she could make it water, which most of you are gasping right now. You would think <gasps> don't it do was that with your wool felt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or start 
difficulty. You would think, and she did say, don't agitate it. But because of the fabric content, it did make that yarn bloom. And wow. it was just beautiful. So that is Rain by Alexis Winslow. Looking forward to knitting that. Already shopping my stash. And the third thing that I'm stocking is actually something that I've already knit several times, but it was many years ago. I am looking at the pattern Malabrigo Waffles Cowl, which is a free pattern on Ravelry by Sarah Florent. And I knit this several years ago as gifts for several people. And this one will be a gift as well. My favorite yoga teacher is relocating after 25 years back to Connecticut and she loves purple. So I went to the Swiss Stitch and got three skeins of Malabrigo Rios and I'm going to use the Malabrigo Waffles scarf pattern as the texture that I want, but I'm going to knit it as a cowl. And that's what I've done before in the past. And it's basically the same stitch pattern as the Violet Waffles hat, which I've been stocking lately. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to knit the hat and cowl as a match set for my yoga instructor. So that's going to be on the needle soon. That's the Malabrigo Waffles scarf. We'd like to thank Plum Deluxe for sponsoring this episode of the Yarniacs podcast. Love trying new teas? Need a tea gift? Mother's Day is coming up. Look no further than Plum Deluxe and their hand-blended, all-organic, loose-leaf teas. Their online tea shop is filled with gorgeous tea accessories and some sweet treats. Join their Tea of the Month Club for special perks and savings at just $10 a month, and it also makes a fantastic gift. Visit PlumDeluxe.com to learn more. I'm almost out of my Garden Grove green tea, which is my favorite. When we recorded the last time he was our sponsor, I mentioned that I had stocked up and that I bought, they were on sale. So I bought several for myself and some as gifts. I never gave any as gifts. I kept them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my last one. Nice, nice. One of the things that I appreciate about Plum Deluxe and their website is it's always reminding you to be mindful of the special times in life and to take time to find a way to enjoy things and to take time to find a way to make things more pleasant. There's a little handout that I believe is on the website somewhere that makes you think about different times of the day. Like it says, what would make your mornings better? What would make your evenings better? And then you think about things that you can add to your morning or evening or weekends and things that you can take away to make them more pleasant. It's just a little exercise in mindfulness and finding joy and hopefully finding a way to use tea to make it more pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Anything about mindfulness and happiness is a good thing lately. It is. Very good thing. Very good thing. So what are you knitting? I am knitting at the retreat this weekend. I knit on... Calyx by Elizabeth Doherty. That was the sweater of the retreat. It was. So this is a sweater I am knitting in the yarn that the designer used, Shibui Twig and Shibui Reed. The twig is, it's a blend, linen, silk, and a little bit of wool. It's only 12% wool. And then the Shibui Reed is 100% linen. So Elizabeth's sample is most, well, 
more more than 50% linen, I would say, and then a lesser amount of silk and a lesser amount of wool. And this is a really fun sweater to knit. It is knit bottom up. So I cast on the tube. Basically, it's a tube. You start at the bottom and you're knitting upward towards the underarm where you separate for the front and the back. So I figured for the retreat, I'll just knit this tube and you go round and round. There's no shaping, but there is the lace panel on the front and the lace panel is three repeats. So it's not too complicated. And that totally worked for me. I was able by, I think I finished on Saturday night, I finished to the point I had done enough pattern repeats that I'm at the point where I need to separate for the fronts and the backs. So I'm going to eventually get to that. I didn't start it immediately when I got home, but I will start that knitting the front and the back separately at some point this week. And to recap that, <laughs> she knit the entire tube of her body of her sweater between Friday at about noon when we arrived at the retreat and the end of Saturday afternoon. We had a blissful amount of undisturbed knitting time. A blissful. It was heaven. Yes. It was really cool because when you go on a retreat, somebody else does the cooking. You don't have to do the housework. The most amazing thing happens when you come back from breakfast. It's before nine o'clock and whoa, you can sit down and knit <laughs> and you've got this endless day ahead of you where you just have to sit down and knit. Yep. Pretty cool. It's really awesome. Pretty cool. So I was very happy about that. I did get a lot done. The tube part of the sweater before you separate really is only maybe about half of the whole body because the sleeves and the shoulders and the neck that's a lot of knitting too and that's a lot more specialized knitting than just going around in a circle so I still have I still have some heavy lifting to do (laughs) but really fun time just going knitting around and around. I enjoyed that. So that was Calyx by Elizabeth Doherty. The second thing I am still working on is my flaum. I started this one a couple episodes ago and I'm really enjoying this one. It's got two kinds of ribbing, just your standard knit one, purl one ribbing, but it's also got something called, I think it's called fisherman's rib, where you knit into the stitch below. And that's kind of an alternate ribbing that's used for the back and part of the piece. And it's incredibly, it creates an incredibly squishy fabric, which I'm really enjoying the way it's done. Very cool. And I am using a yarn that is knitting up in an absolutely amazing color called Rock Girl. It's from Western Sky Knits, and it's mostly gray with some pinkish purple spots in there. And I've been hanging on to these skeins for quite a while because I just love them. I loved the way they looked in the skein, and I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to knit with it. And I knew it was bordering. Maybe it had kind of already entered that category where yarn is just too special and too precious to knit and I know that that's a mistake you should never let yarn go into that category because yarn should be used 
I agree. Yarn should absolutely be used. And worn and enjoyed. Yes. And I'm so happy that I did because it's just gorgeous knit up. And maybe it's partially because of the ribbing stitch that it's knit in, but it just looks fabulous. I love this color. Absolutely love it. And I can't wait to show you guys. I haven't taken photos of anything for the last two months. It's like that's something that has just fallen by the wayside while my mom has been sick. There are some things that I've had to let slip. And that's one of the things that has absolutely slipped. I haven't taken any photos. So eventually I'll catch up and show you guys. And then you'll see how yeah, gorgeous it is. We'll plan a photo shoot soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. Just we should. afternoon. Just the yeah, two of us. Just, and just chatting photos. Chatting and knitting not, photos yeah. and not recording. Yeah. It's a date. Future date. <laughs> and then the third thing I am knitting is another Jessica Jones cowl. That's actually in my hands right now. I am knitting it out of a yarn that isn't made anymore, but is, I believe it's 55 wool, 45 silk. So very high percentage of silk, making it very soft. It's going to be very, very drapey. And it's got a little bit of sheen. It's a tonal purple pretty. surprise pretty, 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 pretty. <laughs> and very pretty feels really soft the silk makes it very very soft she's fondling her ball yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's squeezing a, it um, and fondling it and petting it a very light halo from the silk it's really nice and just a little bit of sheen so the Je jessica jones pattern is a pattern by smine i believe it's a couple dollars on Ravelry, and Gail and I have both had that one on and off the needles for a couple of months now because it's one of those patterns that you just pick up, put down, carry it's good around. Retreat knitting. Yeah. yeah, easy, easy to knit. And that is what I am knitting. How about you, Gail? What are you knitting? Well, I was almost knitting a Jessica Jones cowl at the retreat because I had hand wound my Dharma by Dragonfly Fibers. It was all ready to go in a project bag with the needles and everything. But then something happened because you know how that happens. <laughs> I so know how that happens. It happens. I had all of my DK weight scraps out because I was strategizing a second shell seeker. And I have one of those plastic zip-up containers that sheets and things come in that's mm -hmm. a pretty good size that has all of my partial skeins left over from DK weight projects and that was a lot of yarn so I had it all poured out onto my bed and I was looking at how I could make a shell seeker stripes but I couldn't come up with the way I liked it randomly or in a gradient I just couldn't make it work so with all of those scraps out on my bed I suddenly had the overwhelming need to knit that scrap stuff and not have it go back in my closet. And I really didn't want to knit 5,000 hats because that's what it felt like I was going to have to do. And I remembered a pattern that I stocked many years ago and it was gifted to me by Scully Bun Bun, who I mentioned earlier. And that is the Ravenscliff shawl by Annie Hamilton. She had a lot of DK weight scraps as well in the base DK twist by Madeline Tosh. She had 28 colors of scraps and she had black. So what she did was she designed a shawl with one stripe of each of those colors separated by a black stripe. And the colored stripes are twice as thick as the black stripes and they each end in a little tooth, somewhat like Martina Beam's hitchhiker type of style. Mm -hmm. 
So you cast on the long end and it narrows and narrows and narrows until you get to the end. So I had all of my yarn out and I was putting things together and I came up with a very pretty jewel toned rainbow type of scarf or scarf rainbow type of gradient. Nice. And I wasn't quite sure I loved it, but Robbie photo Nick gal came and spent the night with me on Wednesday before the retreat. And I had her look at the colors with me and she picked one of the blue skeins out and we both went, Oh, that's perfect. So <laughs> I have nine colors instead of 28 and I'm going to knit three stripes in each color and the oh, color I'm on right now isn't going to make it to three stripes so one of my stripes is only going to have two colors but that's okay or one of my colors is only going to have two stripes I should yeah. say but I cast this on sitting talking and chatting with Robbie and knit it a lot while speaking to her and then I worked on it a little bit at the retreat but just a little and it's in my hands right now and I cast on with Madeline Tosh DK twist in the fragrant colorway which is a beautiful pink then I'm using a gray DK by Neighborhood Fiber Company as the gray in between every stripe. Did three stripes of fragrant and then moved into a DK by Dragonfly Fibers called Jocelyn, which is a beautiful deep raspberry-ish pink. Mm -hmm. Then went into Spirit Trail Fiberworks Holda DK in a dark reddish color. And now I'm on Madeline Tosh DK Twist in Hearth, which is a burnt orangey color. So a lot of these scraps are from my log cabin blanket that I knit a few mm -hmm. years ago and then various sweaters and things like that. So I have many colors to work through, but it's really fun. It's a nice, easy knit. It's all garter stitch and it's going to be squishy and delightful. And really I'm really pretty. happy with how it's turning out. So yeah, I love the changing colors pretty? and the stripes. Yeah. And nice. It's super pretty. So I'm really happy with that. That's Raven's Cliff by Annie Hamilton. And the third thing I'm knitting, I pulled out of hibernation. I cast on quite a while ago, the shawl Birds of a Feather by Andrea Mowry. And for some reason, I just didn't like how the colors were working together. I have no idea why, but... That's right, you did. Yeah. I remember you cast it on and you really liked that pattern. Yeah, I did. And I really liked the yarns, but all of a sudden... I don't even remember why. I just thought, eh, I don't like these. You probably got distracted by something else, new and shiny. Probably. That's probably what happened. That would make sense. But one of you listeners knit a beautiful one in the self-indulgent knit-along, and I wish I'd looked it up to see which of you knit it. But it re-inspired me, and I didn't rip out my work in progress. It just sat in a project bag in my closet. So I pulled that out and opened it up and thought, oh, these are so pretty together. And I showed those to Robbie as well. And I remember seeing that one in the knit along and thinking it was very pretty too. Yeah, it's a beautiful shawl. Mm -hmm. It's a really beautiful shawl. It's another kind of arrow shaped shawl. And it alternates stripes in a fingering and a lace weight. I think she used a mohair blend as her lace so. weight. And yeah. mine is not. But I'm using... Monos de Uruguay Marina, which is a single ply lace weight mm -hmm. in a speckled, it's a whitish natural base with beautiful speckles. And then the fingering weight I'm using is Martin's Lab Singles, another single ply, but this is a fingering weight in a beautiful blue. I think it's like Merusian Lake, I think it's the colorway name, but it's mm. a beautiful blue with speckles. 
and the blue of the Martin's Lab is the main speckle in the monos. So they play really well together. And Robbie said, oh, keep knitting that. (laughs) So that's going to go back into rotation as well. And that's Birds of a Feather by Andrea Mowry. Isn't that fun when you find something that you kind of put down and pick it up again and realize, oh, I really like this. (laughs) It's cool, too, because normally I'm such an impatient person that if I decide, oh, I don't like this anymore, I would normally rip it out. Rip it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very odd that I left it. As a work in progress in Sometimes after 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I've been known to do that many times. But yeah, I, I even thought to myself, hmm, I wonder where I put that. And it was just right in with the rest of my stash, right at the top of the pile. So I maybe my brain already knew that Waiting I was going to come back to rediscovered. it. Exactly. And I have one other knitting story I have to share. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm knitting. It's what my mom is knitting. But it's a really cool story. She came over right before Helen Stewart's Mystery Knit Along, which is currently in progress, right before it started. I think the first clue may have just come out. Mm -hmm. And my mom had her yarns that she was thinking of using. And she brought them over when they came over for dinner. And we had them on the table. And we're, you know, pushing skeins around. And do we want to do do. Exactly. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. So she had one skein in there that was a yellow. And it just wasn't working for me. And my brain's going tick, 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 tick through my mental stash. And I'm like, I know I have a skein of yellow kind of you know, burnt yellow in my stash, golden yellow, that would really work for this. And I said, hold on just a second. I ran in my closet and I grabbed my skein and I came back, took her yellow skein out, put mine down. And it was like, yes, that's the t- that's oh, exactly cool. the combo right there. So my mom got my skein of Bead Sisters yarn that was gifted to us by the dyer, who is Blueberry Chick on mm-hmm. Ravelry. This yarn, I thought for sure, was going to be you know, it was in stash waiting for the perfect project of mine. It was really waiting for the perfect project for my mom. So like I said, that wasn't what I was knitting, but it just seems the right time to share that cute little story. Well, and that is why we have stash. <laughs> exactly. It might not be the perfect yarn for your project, but you never know right. when it's going to be the exactly. perfect yarn for a project. Exactly. So what have you finished? I have finished. You heard me mention that I was knitting the body tube of a second calyx sweater so that means i have finished the first calyx pullover calyx is the pattern by elizabeth doherty that yes i did start this fairly recently i knit this just under two weeks and just to be fair i should mention that that tube part of the body that is knit first I knit that while my mom was sick. My sister and I had a couple of days when we weren't going anywhere. We were just kind of watching over my mom and both of us were sitting and knitting. So I had a couple of fairly solid days when I just worked on this and maybe another project. But that's why it got that jump start and I was able to finish it so quickly. But it will be nice because I will always remember being with my mom and my sister yeah i like that yeah that makes it special yeah (laughs) so the calyx sweater is knit bottom up it's a drop shoulder design it has a lace motif down the front of the sweater the same lace motif down the sleeves of the sweater and then elizabeth's 
horizontal braid around the neckline of the sweater, which is ribbed. Really nice, very, very wearable design for me. It is not too heavy. I, I was hesitant at first because it was a DK weight yarn, although the yarn that Elizabeth knit her sample out of is mostly linen, so it's not going to be a wool DK, which would be a very different quality of sweater. And then the yarn that I used is the Holstgarn Coast, which is a combo of wool and cotton, paired with the Holstgarn Tides, which is a combo of wool and silk. Both are fingering weight, and I knit them together to combine them to make the DK weight yarn needed for this pattern. And the manufacturer of this yarn lets you know right off the bat that there is some spinning oil in the yarn. So of course, when you finish your garment, you wanna wash it. And I have to say that I really did wash mine quite a, well I rinsed it quite a bit. I used the Eucalan wool wash and though you don't necessarily have to rinse the wool wash out, I did rinse and refill my basin and squish and rinse and refill my basin and squish probably about five times just because I really did want to get that oil out of the garment and I wanted it to go down the drain not to stay on my fabric. Yep. And though the water didn't necessarily look oily or dirty, the difference between my post-wash and pre-wash fabric is quite, quite, quite significant. I, the yarn, well the manufacturer for the yarn says you can wash it in the machine. I did not do that. The manufacturer for the yarn says you can dry it in the machine. I did not dry it in the machine. I laid it flat to dry. But what I did do was tumble it in the machine. And I tumbled it for a few minutes just on air, no heat, checked it, then retumbled it for another couple of minutes just on air, no heat, checked it. I did that, I repeated that several times and then I even laid it out flat and later in the day I came back and tumbled it a little bit more. And what I was trying to do with that tumble, number one was to soften the garment. Because if you take, for example, if you had a cotton t-shirt hung it out on the line to dry, you know how it gets a little stiff when you hang a cotton t-shirt on the line in the sun. It'll just be a little stiff. If you took that same cotton t-shirt, put it in the dryer and tumbled it, it comes out soft. So that was what I was trying to achieve with this, just trying to soften the fabric. But it also, I, I feel like it really worked in a good way in that it blended the two yarns together really well. When you look at the garment now, you can't tell no, that you can't tell there was all. ever two separate yarns. Mm -hmm. I didn't, it's not felted in any way, but it just softened the yarns in such a way that they 
worked together and it's fabulous. It's a really beautiful fabric. It's an amazing fabric. I, I And it's so squishy. Oh. Yeah. I can't believe like when I look at the back, I keep laying the sweater out and looking at the back and looking at how nice and even and smooth the stitches are. And I'm not saying that I knit so perfectly that it's nice and even and smooth. I'm saying that the something about the yarn makes my stitches look good. Because <laughs> I know my stitches are not always this nice and smooth. This This yarn is just, it came out really nice. So this was a somewhat planned happy accident <laughs> it's because beautiful. i had never used this combo of yarn before and i had never used the tides which is the wool and the silk and even it's a little bit of a chance that you take when you order yarn off the internet site unseen you guys know that in general i don't like to do that and in this case, I actually contacted the manufacturer and I said, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to create a fabric using this yarn and this yarn. These are the colors I'm considering. This is what the color that I want to achieve. You tell me which two will look good together. And they were really good. They got back to me really quickly and told me, well, this gray is warm. This gray is cool. So if you want to match this gray, you probably want to go with this choice, which was very helpful because even though two grays look light online, sometimes you can't really tell without seeing it in person, which is a cool gray and which is a warm gray and which will go with which. So that was lovely of them to help me out like that. And I love the results. It's really, really, really yeah, pretty. I'm really happy with it. I'm, I'm hugging my sweater. Yes. <laughs> First you were I'm, fondling your I'm ball, hugging, and now yes, you're hugging your I'm sweater. I'm hugging my sweater. So that is the Calyx Pullover by Elizabeth Doherty. The second thing I've finished is another kitten hat, which is a version of the Pussycat hat, but for a baby that is coming, going to be born in May, June, something. I know that my friend, who is going to be the grandma, she knows that her daughter-in-law will like a kitten style hat and I had made one for the grandma and she said that she thought the daughter-in-law would appreciate the sentiment behind that as well so Excellent. I whipped up another one on Sunday at the retreat and that one is ready to be given to the happy baby recipient very <laughs> cool and I wanted to mention calyx weren't there about Five or six of you knitting calyx at the retreat. Yes, there were. A couple of years ago, it was Markley. There were several people yeah, knitting Markley. That's right. And I don't remember a bunch of Elizabeth sweaters last year, but this year there were a lot of calyxes yeah. and then a lot of us who were in the planning stages yes. of calyx. So it was definitely yeah. the sweater of the year. <laughs> and how about you, Gail? What have you finished? I finished my viewpoint scarf, which is a pattern by the designer Ann Ginger, our friend, who is AG so-and-so on Ravelry. And I have a funny retreat story. There was, at the retreat center, there were two groups of us. There was our group, and there was another women's group that was meeting in the upper part of the facility. And usually there are two groups, but we don't intermix. But this year, there were two knitters in the other group. <laughs> and on Saturday afternoon after lunch, they wandered down to our group because they wanted to see what the knitters were doing. 
And they walked up to Anne, who was wearing the Markley sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. And they said, that is such a beautiful sweater, blah, blah. And you know how knitters do. They started talking about the designer and then what they're knitting. Anne said, well, what are you knitting? One of the two women said, I'm knitting the bird rock scarf, which is a pattern by Anne Ginger. And Anne said, that's me. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? It was the weirdest coincidence. That was the weird, yeah. Crazy coincidence. It was really, really fun. So then Anne said, and the sweater I'm wearing, the designer of that sweater is right there. And she introduced them to Elizabeth. Before we knew it, they pulled up chairs and they were in our big circle of knitters and they were happy. They were knitting, weren't they? They had their knitting out, didn't they? I believe so. I'm pretty sure they did. They they ditched their own retreat. They did. It was funny. They totally did. For the whole (laughs) afternoon until it was time for dinner, they were hanging out with us. And they were delightful. So that was a cool story. So if you haven't looked at Ann Ginger's designs yet, please do because they're loved all around. So the viewpoint is a arrow-shaped, two-color, dramatically, the two sides are knit and then three needle bound down the center to give a very high contrast effect. And I used two different colors by Neighborhood Fiber Company in their rustic fingering base. I used Swoon, which is a light bluish green background with beautiful speckles. And some of the speckles are beautiful navy blue. And that matched perfectly the colorway Palisades by Neighborhood Fiber Company, which is a beautiful navy tonal. So I did my finished object photo shoot with Anne and our friend Carol at the retreat. And the pictures are really fun. There were a lot of like blooper outtake type of pictures <laughs> because we were just goofing off. So I just basically put them all on Ravelry because they were goofy and fun. <laughs> I'll have and to it check was that out. it was a fun little photo shoot. So that's the viewpoint scarf by Ann Ginger. And the other thing I finished is my Violet Waffles hat, which I was stocking last episode. Finished that for Josie, and that is knit in Malabrigo Rios in the teal feather colorway, and it looks stunning on her. So that was a good win. Excellent. And I had a little sweater surgery that I accomplished over the last two weeks also. The sweater that I knit for Mike about eight or ten years ago that he wears every morning kind of like a bathrobe. I came out and went to give him my good morning hug, and he was holding this strangely shaped piece of DK twist from the sweater out from his sweater that looked like Top Ramen. And he started singing me the song by Weezer, if you want to destroy my sweater, just hold this thread while I walk away. And I said, stop pulling. And he said, oh, I know, I know. Once I realized what was happening, I stopped pulling. Right at the bind off on the zipper band, because I put a zipper in a sweater instead of a button band, right between the bind off and where it was machine stitched, to apply the zipper to the sweater, it was unraveling down to that machine stitch. So I had to do some interesting surgery where I kind of re-knit that little tiny segment. It's DK Twist Onyx, which is black. So I pulled my leftover Onyx sock, Tosh sock out, and used that held double where there was no yarn left to knit. So I repaired the little section, but there was one part that was unraveling in the direction where you can't just pull and it unravels. And I 
decided that the sweater's so thrashed that I wasn't going to try to figure out how to fix that. And Mike said, do you want me to just put some epoxy on that? And I said, well, not quite that bad, but almost. <laughs> I tied those little, they were just little frayed ends that were sticking out. So I tied them very tightly and then he put a tiny drop of super glue there and I'm going to trim the little frays down. And Robbie gave her approval. I mean, <laughs> it's obvious if you look closely that yeah. it's a repair, but that sweater is so ridiculously old and stretched out and bathrobe like now that it just doesn't matter but mm -hmm. it's a successful fix I, it's no longer you just don't hold that thread while he walks away and it unravels <laughs> so it was a win okay so we would like to take a moment to talk about the knockers retreat 2018 because it was a huge fun event and we want to thank everyone who attended and special thanks to elizabeth doherty who is our in-house retreat designer. That's mm -hmm. how we've titled her now. <laughs> Second year in a row, she has given us an educational talk on Saturday. And this year, the subject was gauge and math. Those that second word usually strikes fear into my heart because I don't like anything that has Not to do with math. Not just you, a lot of a lot knitters. Of, yeah. yeah, a lot of people, but a especially of, knitters. Yeah. When you say gauge and then you start saying, you know, your gauge is off, we get kind of cold sweats and stuff like, oh no, what am I going to do? And Elizabeth did such a brilliant job of explaining that everyone's gauge is different. Every one of us knits differently. Our stitches sit on the needles differently and we get a different result. And she used a very, very good method to show that and demonstrate it. It was a fabulous exercise. Everyone knit a swatch with the same size US9 needles with the same wool yarn, the same number of rows, and the same number of stitches across. And everyone's swatch was different. It was amazing, 60 of us, and there were drastically different swatches that resulted from the same exact number of cast on stitches and you're just knitting a little swatch. Visually different. We ended up laying them out flat after they had been washed and dried. And you could see the the size of the swatches varied from teeny tiny to much larger. There was kind of an all-around average. But then even if you looked closely at the swatches, you could see how some knitters' stitches were formed differently. And they looked different from swatch to swatch. And... They gave a different appearance to the overall fabric. It was so fascinating. And you said one so, stitcher or one knitter, her stitches were... One knitter, you could even see how consistently one leg of her knit stitches, either the right or the left, I don't remember which, always used more yarn than the other. And consequently, one side of her swatch was longer than the other. It was just fascinating. There were some folks who had swatches where their stitches looked to be the same width. For example, I'm just making this up. Let's say they were four stitches to the inch. But the length of the swatch was very different. So though their stitch had the same width, the 
height of the stitch was different, which makes your row gauge different. And Elizabeth had a very good demonstration of why your row gauge is extremely important and how (laughs) a lot of us blow that off in our gauge swatching. And the lack of taking that into account can make for a very disappointing garment in the end. And the way she described it for someone like myself, who is very anti-math, She was able to, in very clear terms, describe mathematically how it makes a difference and how easy it is to, instead of trying to knit to a particular gauge to get the right size finished garment, to instead take a different approach to gauge swatching. So take the yarn you want and knit it on a couple different needle sizes until you have a fabric that you like that gives you the drape and everything you're trying to achieve with this particular garment. Once you have a fabric you like, then you measure the gauge of the fabric you like. And then with a very little bit of math, you can take that gauge you've achieved and then apply it to the garment that you wanna knit. And then you can determine, for example, okay, I have a tighter gauge, so I have more stitches to the inch than the pattern calls for. With a little bit of math, you can easily determine if I knit two sizes up, I will achieve the sweater that I want. Or you can even do the math to determine, okay, I have more stitches or fewer stitches than I'm supposed to have, so I'm going to end up with a larger garment. Even if I go to the smallest size, it's going to be too big. You can do a little bit of math to figure out how many stitches to cast on Mm -hmm. at your gauge to get the sweater that will fit you. So... Mind blown. I mean, I was just so happy at the end of this hour-ish long talk. And she gave us these little cheat sheets and I want to laminate mine. And I took pictures of it so that I have the pictures there. If I lose that piece of paper that Mm -hmm. gives you the easy math steps and explains why it matters. And it was a really just such an educational talk. Everybody was so happy and impressed. And just the exercise of seeing everyone's swatches. Whoa. It really drives home the idea of how different everyone's stitches and gauge is. And that nobody's wrong. My gauge is different than your gauge, but that doesn't make either one of us wrong. It just means that we have different fabric and have to take different things into consideration to get what we want. Yeah, it was very cool. And I'll post a photo of all the swatches so you guys can see what I'm talking about. It's, It's very eye-opening yeah it was, it was really cool so thank you very much elizabeth and we also want to thank all of the fabulous people who donated prizes we had door prizes enough so that everybody who attended had their own door prize and we also ooh, it's back we also had about 20 prizes for knockers knitters so our retreat is called knockers which is short for northern california knitting retreat However, our charity, our mascot charity, is Knitted Knockers. So every year, many people knit knockers to donate. Oh, Boo's coming to say hi to me. He's looking for your felted bag. I know. I didn't bring my felted <laughs> bag. He's mad at me. We, I think the first year we did it, we had maybe 100 FOs. The second year we did it, we had about 220. And this year, we had 370 knockers. I mean... Wow, so many knockers. It was so amazing. And one of the attendees, Nancy, she knit 54 knockers. That is just so many. It's 
They're fiddly little things to knit, they in are. my opinion. And if she knit 54, I mean, she won the grand prize of a whole package of things. And she really earned that. Yeah. That was so amazing. Yeah. So thank you. Let's list our prize donors. Thank you to Neighborhood Fiber Company, Dragonfly Fibers, Western Sky Knits, Sincere Sheep. And we have many listeners and attendee, just people who attended, who donated prizes. And one of those people is Crystal, who is C. Coutier on Ravelry. And she donated so much beautiful yarn, indie dyers that she had purchased and just fell out of love with. So she supplied Mm -hmm. a lot of prizes. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you to Yarn Love, Row One Yarn, Candy Skein Yarn, Barrett Wool Company, Leading Men Fiber Arts, and Duran Dye Works. And Jimmy Bean's Wool, they donated a couple of yarn bouquets. And we also had several skeins from Dizzy Blonde Studios and from Invictus Yarns. Sue from Invictus really blew me away. She donated a lot of beautiful prizes this year. Thank you to Katie of Katinka Designs, who is always one of our podcast supporters. She donated a skein of Plucky and a pattern, her Helia shawl. So that was was a pair. Thanks to Afifa, who is a designer on Ravelry and Black Squirrel Yarns in Berkeley. They donated what was the grand prize because that was a lovely little bag. It had a pattern and some yarn and some accessories in there. That was lovely. It was great. <laughs> and we have a lot of other people who donated prizes. We had the donation by Helen Stewart of her Handmade Sock Society collection. Gail's mom donated some fiber that actually went to somebody who was, was a spinner. spinner. Yeah. It was awesome. We, it was were, cool. we were thinking that, oh, we'd have to make sure it went to a spinner, but it just worked out. <laughs> Ribbon Street Bags donated two beautiful project bags. Fix-A-Stitch donated two of their little fix-it tools. And Magpie Fibers donated a really cool stitch marker necklace. Front Range Bags and Alana Dacos donated lovely bags. Mary, who is one of our attendee participants and on the committee, her husband, second year in a row, made a gorgeous ceramic yarn bowl, and she made some really cool scissor fobs with a kumihomo bead technique. They were really cool. Frog Peak Creations also donated a bag, as did Deb Tucker, who is on the committee. She donated 10 or 11 really lovely project bags that everyone liked. Yeah, I won one. Yay! And we also had our local yarn store, The Swift Stitch. They donated two gift certificates. So thank you very much for that, Christine. That was really, really cool. So my heart is just full with thanks and gratitude for all of the people who donated prizes, all of the people who attended. And I hope that all of you get a chance to attend some kind of knit group, knit night, knit event, something where you're with your people because there's just something special about knitters. I don't think it's only because we have our craft in common, but I think it's the type of people who are interested in crafts. We end up having a lot more in common than just that. Yes. It was really good to be with friends for the weekend. It was really hard for me too. I have to admit I stayed in the cocoon of my friends for a lot of the retreat and just sat and 
knit a lot and it was difficult but it was good yeah 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 having just so recently lost my mom I wasn't even sure if I would attend for a while there and my sister convinced me that my mom would not want me to miss the retreat because my mom loved hearing about the retreat she was just amazed she wanted she always asked lots of questions couldn't believe that 60 people came and she would ask over and over what do you guys do we sit and knit mom that's (laughs) it we just sit and knit and she loved hearing about it so i really wish you were here to hear about it this year she would love hearing about it (laughs) so in memory of yeah (laughs) thank you all for listening it means the world to us and happy knitting everyone bye-bye You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.